0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Evolved Athletics Radio. This is episode 16. My name is Jim Young and we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting today. So I'm probably late to the game in uh, talking about intermittent fasting, but the truth of the matter is, is this concept is not going away anytime soon. So I thought it would be who of me to uh, introduce everybody to intermittent fasting, especially those individuals that haven't heard of IF before as it's more commonly known as, again, intermittent fasting, we'll go ahead and define that first. And essentially it's a cycle between a period of fasting and non-fasting uh, during a defined period of time. So it, it's not a diet per se, it's essentially how or when somebody eats. I, I guess it's more of a time Uh, restricted eating pattern rather than a food restrictive eating pattern if that makes sense so an example of this and it seems to be the most common is a 16 hour window of not eating and then an eight hour period of eating so for instance if you follow something similar to if it fits your macros you would have a set of macronutrients your proteins carbs and fats and you would eat all of those macros within that eight hour period Okay, And then the, the other 16 uh, hours, you would go without. And there doesn't seem to be a ton of direction as to how you should set up the 16 hours of fasting and 8 hours of uh, eating. So it's been my experience and the individuals that I've talked to that, that do this um, will essentially stop eating at about 8 o'clock at night. And then they'll fast all the way up until noon the next day. So their eating window is from noon till 8. And obviously you can adjust that depending on your lifestyle, but that seems to be what most people do. Now there are other windows that people will use uh, where fasting windows are larger and their eating windows are smaller. And there's nothing magical about this right? You're essentially just reducing the amount of time that you're allowing yourself to eat. For some people, this means that there's automatically a reduction in calories, right? If you condense a large amount of food in a short period of time, you're going to be full, right? You're going to be full for quite a long time. And that seems to be beneficial for some some people. So now that we've defined what intermittent fasting is, let's take a little bit of a look at the history of intermittent fasting. And from what, what I remember and from what I can find, it looks like the popularity started to grow in about 2000 or 2000, 2006, 2007 by um, a man by the name of Brad Pilon. I'm probably slaughtering the pronunciation of his last name, but uh, Pylon Pilon. it's P I L O N. Uh, He authored a book called Eat, Stop, Eat, which kind of outlined uh, some of the unique benefits of intermittent fasting and how it was able to help people lose weight and improve health. I'm going to stop right there because some of the other information that kind of accompanies this uh, particular book really set some outlandish claims on what intermittent fasting is able to do. So with that being said... Uh, again, it looks like it started about 2006, 2007. That's when popularity really started to to pick up. So now let's take a look at some of the health claims that intermittent fasting tends to promote or the individuals that tend to promote inter- intermittent fasting. Um, one of the things that I see quite a bit is um, individuals can do intermittent fasting and lose weight without being in a caloric deficit. And this is just flat out wrong, and there's no way to use intermittent fasting and lose weight without a caloric deficit. Again, anytime weight loss or weight gain come into conversation, it's always going to be about calories. So the calories in, calories out, the Seco that I talked about a few episodes back, that's, that's what's important. That's thermodynamics. That is a law of physics. You can't break that regardless of the pattern of eating that you follow. So a caloric deficit is needed, period. That's not even a conversation. However, with that being said, there has been uh, systematic reviews done to show individuals following intermittent fasting will significantly decrease their body weight, and body fat, and in some instances, waist circumferences by following intermittent fasting. And if we look at this study, what we find is those individuals following this intermittent fasting, right, they've reduced their caloric intake. So they're using a method to control the amount of calories they're consuming by giving themselves a smaller window to eat within and not really limiting the kinds of foods that they're eating. So again, we're we're seeing a decrease in caloric intake when individuals put these time restrictions on their eating patterns. So again, for some people, intermittent fasting works by decreasing the amount of overall calories they're consuming in a twenty-four hour period, and this is important because an important difference um, that intermittent fasting works by reducing calories, not by some magic of fasting itself. And I'm not trying to say that intermittent fasting doesn't work for people because it absolutely does or it wouldn't be as popular as it is. My point is is that you lose weight based on a caloric deficit. So if following intermittent fasting allows you to adhere to your macronutrient prescription, then knock yourself out, right? If it works in helping you to adhere to a a better eating pattern, you know, eating healthier foods and sticking within your macros and things like that, then do it by all means. But don't be deluded into thinking that intermittent fasting is the magic bullet, because it might not be. And here's why people that I've talked to that have tried intermittent fasting, this includes me. And it's probably why I have some bias towards intermittent fasting, but I still think it works for some people. But nevertheless, the people that I've talked to have said there's two issues with intermittent fasting in following the 16-8 protocol, the 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of uh, eating. And the first thing is social environments. So... Some people really struggled with social environments. So, for instance, uh, I am not a small individual. Uh, I lift quite a bit and I imbibe in alcohol on quite a regular basis. So, I'm a little overweight, and I've said this in prior podcasts. I'm not deluded in thinking that I'm healthy, um, completely healthy. I know I need to lose some weight, but. Again, the issue that I took with intermittent fasting and some of the people that I've talked to is uh, just those social environments, you know. So if you met with friends, say, in an afternoon um, or, or say, in the morning uh, on a weekend or something like that, uh, you have to be really careful about what you're consuming, if you're consuming anything at all. Now, again, you can adjust those fasting and eating windows to accommodate you to be able to you know to go out and have a few drinks with your friends uh, but again uh, being able to manipulate those time frames again you, you got to be really aware and the second thing surprisingly enough <laughs> and I'm saying that sarcastically is some people struggle with fasting in general right so some people get up in the morning and they can't make it out of their house without eating breakfast. So, again, sometimes we complicate nutrition more than we need to. And things like intermittent fasting, they're simplistic in nature, but I think it's still, it still causes a lot of questions for people because then they'll start asking, well, can I have this during my fast or can I have that during my fast? And, you know, if, even if you give a simple answer like, as long as it doesn't have calories, you're fine during a fast. Then people start asking, well, what are things that you know, don't have calories that I can have? What, they're, what people do right there, what people are doing when they ask questions like that, is they're still looking to eat food uh, during a fast. And that's not what a fast is. A fast is not consuming calories. Regardless of what form they take, fasting is consuming zero calories. Okay, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of people that I've talked to have issue with that first and foremost, and then those social environments tend to uh, become a problem later on. So for me, I, didn't, I don't have a problem fasting. Um, I, I got to be honest, I kind of enjoyed it because I could continue to do the work that I was doing without thinking, oh yeah, I've got to stop and eat because most of the time I'm not hungry until the afternoon anyways. Um, But it was those social environments that really threw me off, me personally. So intermittent fasting, there does seem to be some research to indicate that it's helpful for some people. um, As it pertains to building muscle or hypertrophy, that opens up a whole new can of worms. That could be a podcast of its own. But from what I've been able to gather in some of the research articles that I've been able to, to decamp, it seems that if you're consuming an adequate amount of protein spread out over uh, the day, you're gonna be able to build more muscle than somebody that squeezes all of their protein in a short window. So that six to eight hour window. Uh, again, however you're, you're fat, you're setting your fasting. Uh, Your intermittent fasting schedule up but if you're spreading your protein out through the day you're much more apt to build more muscle than if you were to squeeze it into a short period of time now i know i know there's going to be a ton of intermittent fasting zealots that tell me that you can become shredded and build all kinds of muscle by consuming protein in that short period of time and that's fine that's fine, but the research that we have available, in humans anyways, states or shows with a high level of predictability that if you spread your protein out over the course of the day, you're going to be able to build more muscle than if it's you know, crammed into a short period of time. Now there are two more things that have popped up on my radar here and there, and I don't see it. I don't see it with a lot of the clients that I work with that want to do intermittent fasting. Uh, I've heard this from other coaches that they've heard these issues pop up. Uh, but the first one is digestive issues, which I mean, come on. Let's face it. This makes sense. If you're consuming larger volumes of food in a shorter period of time it makes sense that you're stress you're putting much more stress on your GI tract than you would if you were spreading out the food you would eat over the course of the day. And the other thing that again has showed up on my radar is uh implications of heart health and I've heard of a couple of other coaches, so friends of mine that uh, have clients that have been doing intermittent fasting for a while have claimed that their HDL and LDL and overall triglycerides have uh, changed in such a way that has become um, not very beneficial to their health and I don't know if that's just a coincidence and their food choices aren't really that great or if this if this really has a link to intermittent fasting my guess at this point is it probably has more to do with the food that they're eating and not really intermittent fasting and really that's more of my uh, educated guess or insight into uh, intermittent fasting and some of the research that's available on it so let's let's recap a minute uh, intermittent fasting is a time restricted uh, eating pattern so it's uh, based on time and not macronutrient profiles or anything like that so the most popular eating window is 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating and what a lot of people will do is start eating at you know twelve pm or noon and eat until 8 pm and then fast until the next day at 12 p.m., And there seems to be some benefit with eating in this way. Uh, some people that are, give themselves a time restriction rather than a food restriction, they tend to adhere better to their diet. So that's a plus. Anything that somebody does to improve their eating habits and increases their adherence to that, I give it a thumbs up. I, I totally give it a thumbs up. So... I'm not I'm not an intermittent fasting zealot. However, I'm reluctant to recommend it to every, you know, Jack and Jane that that come across my my uh, services. So That's my take on intermittent fasting. There's a ton of stuff that we could say and go on and on and on about intermittent fasting, especially the protein aspect. But I want to try to make things as simple as possible. And if this is something that you want to hear more of and you want to hear more of the intricacies of intermittent fasting, I'm more than happy to put together a podcast that breaks down every aspect of intermittent fasting. And even though I'm not, I'm not an intermittent faster myself, I do find that it is helpful for some people and not so helpful for other people. Um, but I think it is important to be aware that it's out there and that this could be another tool that we can use to help improve our overall health. So if you have ideas or suggestions, uh, you can always email me at evolvedathletics at gmail.com. Um, It's pretty much the easiest way to get a hold of me. I am on Facebook, and I'm becoming more active on Instagram, uh, but I would definitely say that that's not going to be the easiest way to get a hold of me. You can always shoot me a DM through Instagram. I usually respond to emails and Facebook messages and Instagram DMs fairly quickly. Almost every message somebody sends me, I respond within 24 hours. That's usually the case, um, but again, uh, email is going to be the easiest. I'd say Facebook is next up, and then Instagram if you find that easier to use. Um, but in any case, uh, again, evolvedathletics@gmail.com. I will have some links in the show notes. Uh, there is a health quiz that's still up, so if you go to the link tree link. Um, it, I, think it's, I think it's still labeled as health quiz, but I think there's only three or four links on the link tree anyway. So if you click on that, it'll bring you to another page, uh, and then you'll have three or four options to check out uh, what I have available at this point. So as always, I appreciate your time, and thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, everybody, before I close out this episode, I just, again, want to say thank you for listening to these episodes. I really appreciate your patronage. And uh, before you go, if I could have you do one favor, uh, take a look at the description of this particular episode, actually every episode. And what you'll find is a link to a Facebook group that I've started called Evolved Athletics Community. And what I want you to do is go ahead and click on that link and go ahead and join the Evolved Athletics Community. Uh, One of the things I'm gonna be doing is uh, taking all the content that I've put together and slowly start to add it into that uh, Facebook group. And I'm gonna start closing down some of the other sites. So for instance, the Patreon page that I started about four or five weeks ago, I'm, I'm shutting that down. And uh, I also had a core site that I've been building out. I'm gonna be shutting that down. And the content that I would have put on either of those sites is gonna be located right in the Facebook group. So uh, Facebook has this new option to create units within Facebook groups depending on how you set up the group. And one of the reasons that I'm doing this is I got an awful lot of feedback that said, uh, "Jim, you're, you're starting to spread out your material again in too many different places. The podcast is nice. The emails we get are nice, but with the course site and with Patreon and the podcast and the blogs and you know all this other stuff that I'm putting together, It it was it sounded like it was be becoming too much and people didn't want to jump around to all of these different platforms. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start using um, as few platforms as possible. So obviously Facebook is gonna be one of those. Uh, Podcasting I'm always gonna be podcasting. Uh, So there's there's nothing that at this point is really gonna deter me from doing that. I like doing it. I like talking. Uh, At some point, maybe I'll start doing uh, a little bit of video. But nevertheless, what I'm going to be doing is really uh, consolidating all of that content that I've put together. Uh, Even some of the blog posts, I'll start to put directly into Facebook now. And hopefully this helps. Um, So that way we can get people... Uh, into one area and maybe start to discuss some of the content that's provided and one of the things that I've learned over the years is people tend to do better when they have social supports and I think it's one of the reasons why Facebook groups are so popular because people are able to join them and and get that support that they're looking for. So uh, again, just take a, a couple of seconds and Uh, Check out the description of the podcast, look for the Facebook link, and go ahead and join, and I'll see you inside. Again, thanks everybody for taking the time to listen, and we'll talk to you soon.